my name is Aaron I'm one of the elders here uh, in two weeks time we're starting our campaign uh, so get ready for that if you're not part of an, an explore group please do join one uh, because that will help you to make the most out of that um, I will keep saying that and I'll keep pushing it uh, it's a great place where you can really connect and get known and know people and really sort of spend uh, significant quality time with each other if you've got a Bible with you uh, or on your phone please turn to 1 Corinthians uh, if you're not quite sure where that is it's in the New Testament which is the sort of the, not the not physically a half but the second half of the Bible Acts and Ro it goes Matthew Mark Luke and John Acts and Romans follow on 1 and 2 Corinthians um, so 1 Corinthians is where you're headed so if you see any any names I didn't just mention you've gone too far um, if you don't have a physical Bible and you're sort of a regular attender here, please speak to, to me or to, to Andy, one of the other elders, or Lorraine, and we'll sort you out with a physical Bible if, it, if there's an issue for why you can't have one. You can download them. It's great to have it on your phone so you've got it with you. I would encourage you, if at all possible, read a physical Bible. There are studies that have been done which show that the way that human beings learn and retain information, you might not know exactly the chapter and verse of what you're looking for but you'll be able to find it again I know it's on like the top left halfway through and so I can kind of you, it helps you to learn and remember these things and it's something tangible to uh, get your hands on so I just encourage you to do that um, as I said this is the second week of a three-part a three-week series that we're doing at the moment we will very likely come back to this series uh, in the future to talk about what kind of church we are I've been asked that question I said a, a few times recently uh, by people who are in the church and who aren't in the church so someone who's in the church said I'm filling in this form and it said kind of like what denomination what kind of church are we so I thought it's probably helpful for us to talk about these kinds of things uh, every now and again so we'll come back to this series because I think three weeks to say what kind of church we are uh, is probably pushing it a little bit but last week Andy talked about the fact that we are I don't have the clicker by the way sorry that's a massive error on my part. Uh, Andy talked about the fact that we are an evangelical church. I think you might need to cl click on it for me down once. Anyway, that's too fantastic. That we're an evangelical church, and we've got these these different strands that we want to talk about that sort of make up who we are as a church. And uh, uh, just to clarify, this is not saying that we have received what well, we have in some senses because we're evangelical. But this is not like coming down from heaven. We are the one true church. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in the, the membership uh, thing next week. We recognise that there is a broad spectrum of church. We're part of the universal global church. So just to clarify, that's what this image is. It's not that we are, we are the one true church. But we are an evangelical church. We are a charismatic church. So this morning we're going to be answering the question, what kind of church, by recognising that we're a charismatic church. Those are our roots and there are future and I've got some recommended resources on this idea of what is a charismatic church what does it mean uh, two books for you one is slightly older now uh, by a guy called Terry Virgo who is the founder of New Frontiers which is the, the broader family of churches that we're a part of that's called the spirit filled church and that's a little bit of his personal story of being baptized in the spirit and and how that came about and what that means to be in that kind of a church and then there's another book there called spirit and sacrament which is, is maybe sort of a little bit of a stretch for some of us if we're new frontiers 
or a non-traditional church in our background, but I really encourage you to read it. It will help you not only, not only stretch your understanding of what it means to be a charismatic non-traditional church, but it will give you an appreciation for church streams and families and denominations that are a bit more traditional. Uh, so I would encourage you to, to get hold of both of those and read them. What is a charismatic church? What does it look like? And why is it worth fighting for? What is a charismatic church? Well, it doesn't mean, and I know this will come as a shock to some of you, it doesn't mean that we've all got attractive personalities or that we're really interesting and we've got charisma. I know, looking at me, listening to me talk, you're thinking, but you do, Aaron. You have so much charisma. Um, but it, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean we're, you know, we're charismatic in the same way that you can have a leader of a country, I know this will be a shock, there can be leaders of countries that are charismatic and people want to follow them. I just, I love this guy, I'm in. This lady, what she says, I'm on board. But, what, what, but do you know what they're saying? I'm not really sure, but they've got charisma and I want to follow them. It doesn't mean that. Being a charismatic church means that we believe that the gift, the charismata of the Holy Spirit that we see on display in the New Testament are still active within the life of the church today. These gifts did not end with the close of the New Testament or the death of the last capital A apostle. We believe in the tangible power and presence of the Holy Spirit demonstrated through the supernatural gifts of the Spirit at work in our individual lives and our corporate gatherings. What a joy for me this morning slash what an what a irritation this morning do I need to preach this sermon that's the question I'm asking I just want to honour you Sue well done well done for sharing what you did for encouraging us as a church and drawing out the gifts of God in people well done I, this morning probably is the most charismatic morning we've had for a while so it's slightly ironic that this is what I'm preaching on or speaking on um, we believe the gifts of the spirit are active in the church today. So when Ruth comes forward and says, I feel God impressing these things on me, there's a person who feels like this. There's maybe a person who had this injury and there's still some lingering issues. We believe that's God speaking to us. Now we recognise that we don't always get it exactly right. I will I'll share a confession with you. This is in my notes. I'll share a confession with you. As a younger man, I've said this before, I really loved football and I got, an I got injured. I had a sore right leg and it was, I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was on my right leg and this guy got up, he was a, a healing evangelist and he was training people, like sort of envisioning them for healing and evangelism and we were at this meeting and he said, oh, just before I begin preaching, God's given me a word for someone. I think your name begins with an A. Uh, you've, got a you've got an injury on your right leg. Uh, it's in this area, which wasn't quite as the right area, but I think your name might be Adam. Um, and I was like, oh, my name's Aaron, so it's not me. I don't have to stand up in front of all these people. But then I was thinking, I was thinking, man, that, that he probably got that wrong a little bit, but I got it really wrong. Because I think God, that was, there was a, an opportunity to be healed, and I missed out on it because I was like, well, it's not exactly right, 
So I just want to encourage you, if one of the things that Ruth said, you think, oh, that might be me, but that's not exactly right. More power to you, Ruth. Keep, keep pushing into that sort of stuff. Maybe she got it a little bit wrong. And maybe God wants to heal you or wants to do a work in your life. So don't, if there's a, just a, oh, it's not quite exactly right, it's okay. Because as Sue so wonderfully said, God loves to give us good gifts. And even if it's not for you, God might bless you because of your faith in this thing. Don't be like I was. Why are we a charismatic church? We're a charismatic church because of what Andy shared last week, which is that we're an evangelical church. We're charismatic because we're evangelical. Because of the way that we approach the Bible and the way that we view God's story and the position that we have in that story, the sort of the time frame that we're in, it shapes, it shapes us. We're in the now and not yet part. Bethany read out that uh, thing that said, there will be a day when life will be fulfilled, when you'll have a full healed life. There will be a day. We're in the now and not yet. We see tastes of that when people get healed, when something supernaturally happens and person's been healed they they had cancer and now they're cancer free it's completely gone it's as though they never had it but we're in the not yet because that person will still die the the future kingdom of god where there's no death no sicknesses it hasn't yet fully broken in we are a charismatic church so what does a, a charismatic church look like well, this morning was a helpful uh, example, but 1 Corinthians, if you've, got, if you've got your Bible and you've turned there, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 to 14 is a really good, sort of helpful outline. If you read through those chapters at your, your own uh, leisure, because we don't have any time to look at them all uh, this morning, but if you read through those chapters, there's some really helpful insights into what a charismatic church looks like. But there's two particular things that I wanted to, to focus on. One is a kind of a two-sentence summary or three-sentence summary in chapter 14, uh, verse 26. It says this, What then, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a, a tongue or an interpretation of the tongue. Let all things be done for building up. What does a charismatic church look like? It looks like a church that when they come together, someone has a, a hymn, someone has a lesson, someone has a tongue, another has an interpretation of that tongue, someone has a prophecy, someone has a musical gift, someone has the gift of encouragement, but all things are done for building up. And then if you turn uh, back over a page, 1 Corinthians 12, and we're gonna, I'm gonna read from verse uh, four to 12, says this it's up on the screen as well you can see that now there are varieties of gifts but the same spirit there are varieties of service but the same lord there are varieties of activities but it is the same god who empowers them all in everyone to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the one spirit 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues or languages, to another the interpretation of those tongues and languages. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions or gives to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, all the members of the body, though one, are many. Though many are one body. So it is with Christ. Let me read that last verse again. But just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one, so it is with Christ. If you're not aware, the church is often referred to as the body of Christ. In your physical body, you have members. You have, you know, fingers and uh, thumbs, and you've got arms and legs, and you've got nose and ears. And it goes on, Paul, to talk about your, your finger doesn't look at the head and go, you know, I'm not a part of you. I'm my own unique individual. Like, no, you're a finger. You're part of the body. You, you can't separate these parts off and be healthy. You know, I don't know if you used to watch that, the Adams family when you were uh, younger, but there was that hand, wasn't there? What was it, the thing? Is that what it's called? And it used to run around. And it was, you know, they, it doesn't work like that. You, the Christian life doesn't work like that. We're the family of God. We're not the Adams family. The point of this is that a charismatic church looks like there's a variety of gifts and the same giver. There's a variety of gifts and they're all needed. You are needed in this church. God has given you a gift to serve this church. Paul's letters, this letter particularly to the Corinthians, he's bringing some correction because they're all going, I've got this gift and they're, they're enjoying their gift for themselves. It's with all the gifts are needed. The ones that are, and I don't like this language, spectacular and showy, and the ones that are less spectacular. That's unhelpful language, but I can't think of any other way really to express it. But the person who goes, you, you're unwell, be healed in Jesus' name, and they're healed. That person is no more uh, required by the body than the person who puts out the chair and makes the tea and coffee. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord, the same Spirit empowers them all. There are some common pitfalls to charismatic church and these are some of them this is by no means an extensive list uh, I wouldn't encourage you to google problem for charismatic church but you can do if you want to see a more extensive list um, messy becomes chaos this is a common pitfall of charismatic church messy is okay not the football player he's more than okay but messy, being messy is okay. You know, I love it. Get that shirt off. What is it, washing day? You know, it's, that's a little bit messy. We're not the kind of church where you have to sit in, you know. George, uh, where George was putting out the chairs last week, and I said, I love your work, George. Nice little gentle curve to the chairs. Rather than rigid, straight rows which is such a small thing, but it communicates something. 
we're not rigid straight rows we're oh, it's a, it's a, there's a curve there it's a bit of a bit of leeway got got a chair around the wrong way yeah um messy is okay and i would encourage you if you find it difficult that's kind of where we're pushing into so we can talk and try and help you to get better with that and you can relax knowing that every sunday we have someone who we call the meeting leader which i'm not sure is quite the right term um because hopefully that's the holy spirit but a person who's kind of making sure that okay these things are happening there's some things that need to happen because our meetings have a shape to them it used to be called a liturgy i'm calling it a shape to help us um, accept the terminology what happens is we we arrive some of us then arrive then some others arrive um, <laughs> but we have a shape to our meeting so we arrive someone at the front says we're going to worship god we start singing then someone comes and says welcome it's great to be together here's a few details about what's going to happen if it's your first time so you're not completely freaked out and so you know where to take your children if you have them and where to get tea and coffee afterwards then we sing to god and then in that time there's like a block of time where actually almost anything could happen to, to some extent but there's a person who's leading the meeting who's going okay you come and talk to me about it i'll see if that fits in if it's appropriate I see maybe that's just for you or that's something to share in your small group. There are elders in the church who are like the backstops to the backstop where, oh, actually, I think that might have been wrong. Let me come in and sort of just bring some correction there or it wasn't quite right, but I'll talk to them afterwards. It's not a big deal. You can be free as a member of this church to know if things are a bit messy, there are people in place making sure that we don't slip into chaos. Because chaos is unhelpful. God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. It's like, a, like Monica says in Friends, rules control the fun. And they make it fun for everyone. But this is true, isn't it? Have you ever, I don't know if you, as a kid, ever played prison rules football. Um, basically, it means anything goes. There are no fouls. Handball was kind of still off the table. But you could tackle at any height and with any level of force that you liked um, and, it, and it was fun for about five minutes and then there's bodies strewn on the floor and the strong survive and the weak are cold um, life has a rhythm and shape to it doesn't it church life has a rhythm and a shape to it but we, need, we can be free we can be free knowing that there are good healthy boundaries in place if anything i think i would encourage us as a church to be a bit more free you know well done gareth leaving out in a song from the congregation that takes a lot of lot of guts to do that it's great we got a very we're very gifted with the people we've got leading worship if they can they'll pick up what you're playing otherwise we can just sing with our voices if you feel you know god's giving you something to, to sing go for it now obviously be respectful of the people who've invested time and energy to rehearse and practice but we want freedom we're a charismatic church one of the other common pitfalls is that the bible gets neglected 
emotions can take the lead, which often results in a compromise on doctrine and discipline, individual discipline and church discipline. Oh, well, that, if, if it feels okay to you, then that is the bar. If it feels okay and you think that God is okay with it, that's how you feel, then that's all right. Rather than, what does the Bible say? What has God said about this? Emotions are good guides and terrible leaders. It's a quote from someone, it's not mine, I don't know who said it, I can't remember. But they're good guides, they're terrible leaders. I feel a bit uncomfortable about this. Well then, start thinking about it and write some stuff down. Good guy, a helpful prompt, a terrible leader. How we feel about something shouldn't be the sole driver of how we respond or react to it. Often there's a desire in charismatic churches, I just, I need a word from God. I need a word from God. When people talk, I'm just desperate for a word from God. I think, I've got a whole book full of them. Several books, in fact. You know, what? Now, sometimes it's so helpful. There's been times in my life where someone has said, I just want to share something with you. And I feel God said this and wants to say this to you. And it's last year, someone did it with one word. They said, this is really weird. I've been praying. God's given me this one word for you. I was hoping there would be more to it, but just this. And I was like, to be honest with you, that's all I need. That's just need that one word. I'm done. That's, that's so helpful. So that is good, but... Often when people do that, my first question is to them, how's your Bible reading going? Because people are saying, I'm, just, I'm desperate for a word from God. Sometimes, not always, sometimes their Bible reading's not so good. I think if you read your Bible, you'll be e every day, that's one of our, we talked about 20, 20, 20, 20 minutes a day spent with God, 10 minutes in prayer, 10 minutes reading the word. If you spend 10 minutes praying, 10 minutes reading your Bible, you'll be getting more words from God than you can handle. There'll be more stuff to do in your day than you've got time for. One of the other pitfalls is pride and a lack of love. Pride in the higher gifts. Paul says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. I'm okay with that language. Gifts like prophecy, working of miracles. They're sort of kind of viewed slightly in that category. Of these, you know, desire these gifts. Gifts that really only God can be responsible for. But that c it, can, it can cause, and this is what happened in the Corinthian church, almost people were taking pride in their gifts. Oh, I can speak in tongues and I can do it louder and longer than anyone else. It's like, that's great. What are you doing to build up the church? How are you loving your brother or sister? As I said earlier, there are varieties of gifts and they're all needed. All needed for the body to flourish and grow. We can become fixated on gifts and pursuit of experience. It's wonderful to worship God. It's wonderful to be amongst brothers and sisters. Just singing, I'm worshipping God, I'm enjoying this. I feel there's no place I'd rather be than hearing your love, hearing your love. It's wonderful. It's not the end of the story though. We're not meant to just pursue, like, oh, that was fantastic. Let's let's keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going, and we'll just we'll be lost in a, in a 
in pursuing these sort of highs, spiritual highs, they're fantastic. It's great, but we're not meant to just pursue that, pursue that, pursue that. Often, often that results in us not being aware of who's around us. I'm lost in ecstasy with God. The person sitting next to you on the chair is in tears. I'm just having such a great time with God. They're in tears. Now, the church is slightly weird in that those two things can be happening and can be completely appropriate. But if it's like, what are you crying for? You should be like this, like me. You know, there's a lack of empathy and love. Which if you read the chapters, 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, there's a whole chapter that says, I don't care if you can speak in tongues or prophesy or if you give all your money away, I don't care if you give your life up and say, burn me at the stake. I don't care if you don't love your brothers and sisters. It doesn't mean anything. We can, we can fixate on gifts as well, particular gifts. I want, I Lord, I want to be able to heal people. I want you to work through me like that. And actually, he said to you, this is the gift I've given you. I, I, I choose who I give the gifts to and when I give them. And you need to use the one that I've given you. You know, maybe soon I've got some grey masonry paint instead of white. But <laughs> it wasn't quite, you know, it was titanium white instead of, I don't know, cloud mist <laughs> hey, those are probably real paint colours, so don't um, don't laugh. Um, why is it worth fighting for? These are some of the common pitfalls. So, is it worth it? Is it worth the risk? Should we just go? Well, let's not have any of that sort of stuff. We'll just keep it nice and tidy. Okay. Yeah. Four songs. Don't you dare repeat the chorus. Okay. First chorus. First chorus. We're done. Okay. Um, is it worth the risk? The church at its inception was charismatic. Acts 2 is the, the birth of the church. Yeah, Acts 1 and 2. And what happens is the Holy Spirit descends, is poured out, and there's, a, there's charismatic things taking place, speaking in tongues, languages, that are unknown to the person. In order for a local expression of the church to be truly and completely healthy, it must be charismatic. Now that's slightly controversial, so I'm going to say it again. In order for a local church expression of the church, in order for a local expression of the church to be truly and completely healthy, it must be charismatic. Now there are some great non-charismatic churches I'm saying, and I would contend for, they could do better. They might do some great stuff, and they might do some really fantastic things, but they could be better. To be completely healthy, compl truly and completely healthy, it must be charismatic. It's how it's meant to be. You can have a friendship, or I was thinking, in my marriage to my wife, uh, we could be married and we could be civil to one another. Um, we could have, you know, some conversations, but we w if we're never completely open and completely honest. Our marriage would could tick along for a while, but that's not how it's meant to be. It's not meant to be like that. Friendships and 
those deep relationships where you can really know someone and they can know you. It doesn't have to be marriage, it can be your friendship. You can have a, good, a, a decent friendship where you sort of, how you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. And it's sort of got this level. It's meant to be something more. So you can have a good church, but it's meant to be something more. The heartbeat of the Christian life, this is a guy called Guy Miller said this, I'm not sure if he got it from someone else, goes something like this, build the church, reach the lost. That's like the heartbeat of the church. Build the church, reach the lost. Build the church, reach the lost. Build the church, reach the lost. Heartbeat's not going to work for you, it's like pedals on a bike. If you just pedal in one side, it's not so great. Footsteps, build the church, reach the lost. Build the church, reach the lost. The Holy Spirit brings gifts to the church to empower for mission and to build up the church. Acts 1.8 says, Jesus talking to the disciples, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power to be my witnesses, to tell others about me. 1 Corinthians 12.7 says, that the gifts are given, there's varieties of gifts, varieties of service, but they're all given for the common good. Not just for your individual good, for the common good, to build up the church. Andrew Wilson in that book, uh, Spirit and Sacrament, is that what it's called? Um, he says, <laughs> recommended, I can't remember the title. He says, when God gives, it's for the blessing of everybody. So I want to finish with a challenge and a few ways to respond. If, if it's worth the risk, how do we fight for it? How do we fight for a charismatic church? I want to ask you a question. Are you eager for manifestations, for the outworking of the Holy Spirit? Are you eager for that? Two people are. Fantastic. Are we eager for that as a church? Good. So, because you're eager for that, strive to excel in building up the church. Strive to excel. Some questions to ask yourself. Do you excel in building up the church? Are you striving to do so? Because if you're not, why, and just in your natural talents and gifts, why would God give you supernatural means to do so if you're not using your natural means? I spoke a few weeks ago about how we think, speak and act. We can do so so easily in a, in a cynical and critical way. So are we building up or are we tearing down in the way that we think about the church, the way that we speak about the church, the way that we act towards the church? Now maybe you've got the critical eye, um, which is a good gift. Maybe you've got the critical eye. My wife is blessed with a wonderful critical eye. I have benefited hugely. Uh, you laugh, you laugh. She's not here, so I'm, you can ask her about it when you next see her. I, I have benefited hugely from that gift that God has gifted my wife with. You have benefited massively from the gift that God has given my wife. She has a critical eye. Now, we've talked many times about how to use it. Because 
the good gift that's so easily misused. There's a great quote. Uh, <laughs> Andy and I often talk about, hey, sometimes when someone comes to you and they say, oh, this is what's wrong with the church, in my head I think, yeah, I'm drowning and you're describing the water. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm aware of all of the problems. Do something to help. Don't just tell me. Um, Phil Moore says, be a grace spotter, not a fault finder. Where, where's the grace of God in someone's life? Not just the things that are going wrong. So if you're someone who's got the critical eye and you can see, this is not right. A, be a grace spotter and not a fault finder. That's not right, but there's something in there. There's something in there that's good. And be a problem solver, not just a problem describer. It is, it's our, it's, it is rampant and the church should be different. The church should be different. As, as a body together and when we're out in the world, in our workplace, in your workplace, be a grace spotter, not a fault finder. Use your critical eye. The tea bags are always left out. I'm going to be the one who puts them away. Even if it, I never drink tea, if I walk past, I'll just put them in the bin or the recycling food composting, whichever is the appropriate thing. If you've got plastic tea bags, you know, this is a thing apparently. Um, I want to read a quote to you and then I'm going to just offer a few means of response. This is from a book which I'd also recommend to you. It's written primarily to leaders. I would say it's probably the best book on leadership, Christian book on leadership that I've ever read. Um, <laughs> but Megan hates it, so um <laughs> let that be your... Um Tom Seabee likes it as well, so... Um yeah, yeah, and Dave Be Becky likes it as well. So there's some, there's, there's me, Tom Seabee, and Becky on one side, and then there's like everyone else who's ever read it on the other side. So I know who I want to be with. I want to be with the smart people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me read this quote to you. Loving an idea or a vision or an ambition is easy. Loving the church is hard but it is what we are called to do. Love the whole global universal church, even or especially if there are some points where you see faults and flaws in it and ways it could be better. And love the local church to which you belong, in which you serve, not just your visionary dream of what the church ought to be, but the actual present church with all its imperfections. Love the people whom you serve. Love one another. Love them patiently, kindly, generously, humbly, zealously, perseveringly, with warmth and devotion and loyalty and affection. Let your service be an expression of that love. I think we all know what we'd love the church to be like. It's easy to love that idea. Let's love Let's love the church, Matt. The global church, which is being fantastic in some ways. And there's other things you think, I can't believe I'm associated with them by name. Let's love them. Let's love the church. Let's love this church. Let's love one another. There's a few ways we can respond this morning. I want to encourage you. 
that those sort of words that were brought earlier, uh, if you think you've got like an emotional hole in your heart, uh, you can't receive uh, love and encouragement from others. Uh, if you've got some sort of injury to your your, your sort of shin area, that's and that's still causing you issues. Uh, and if there's sort of like that mundane, oh, I'm just turning the page, and maybe that's a bit broader. Like just, I just feel like life. I'm just ticking off the days. Maybe that's like your when Ruth shared that it's your diary. You're thinking, yeah, I'll just turn over the day. Yeah, that's another day. It's another day. How many more of these have I got to deal with? Um, if that's you, then please respond to that. But also, there's an opportunity to respond to be filled with the Holy Spirit. A charismatic church is only a charismatic church if we're filled with the Spirit. So it might be your first time you want to be sort of filled with the Spirit, or it might be again. I just I want to come for a fresh, a fresh filling. Challenge yourself. Have you been excelling at building up? Have you been working hard? do so and then finally let's ask God to give us his heart for the lost for the church and for this church so what I'm going to do I want us all to stand together I think if you're not responding to one of those things um, let's have a chat and we can talk about what you which one you should have been in um, we can all be filled with the Spirit again. We all need more. I don't know if you did, but probably most of us saying, I want more of you, God. So just if, if you're uh, comfortable doing so, close your eyes. I'm going to pray for us. And uh, maybe you want to hold out your hands like you're receiving a gift. If you want to uh, imitate Andy's goblet uh, pose of uh, hands high up, then go for it if that helps you to express your intention. I'm going to pray through these different things and then I'd encourage you, uh, if you want further prayer, then maybe just stay where you are, uh, stick your hand up and the prayer team will sort of wander around and then others be, a be sensitive if you want to, uh, after I finish praying, you can finish and go downstairs. Father, I thank you that you do love to give good gifts and that you've given us your son. So how will you not give us every other spiritual blessing? It's, it's ridiculous to even think that you're, you've given us your son and now you're going to be stingy. So we ask for more of your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your, the work you did this morning in us as a church, through us as a church. That you spoke to us. Such a joy to be in your presence. I pray that will continue. And Lord, I pray for... Uh, individuals filled with the Holy Spirit so that we're a church that is overflowing that rivers of living water would flow out of us so when we gather together it's, it, there's a flood in this room and as we go about our business, our day to day lives there is just we're pouring out we're so aware of your presence, we're walking step by step with you Lord I pray for us to excel at building the church if we're eager for manifestations of the Spirit, if we're eager for the Spirit to move, then we should, we should be striving to excel at building the church. That's what your word says. Lord, I want to pray for myself and my brothers and sisters that we would work hard to build your church. 
Lord, I want to pray that you would give us your heart for the lost. That we wouldn't just think, I'm saved, I'm all right. But actually, we would know there are people whose eternal destiny is not a fulfilled life. It's eternal death. Lord, I pray that we would have your heart for the global church. That we would be big-hearted and gracious towards our brothers and sisters in Christ from other streams and denominations and networks, that we would love them, that we would look to work alongside them for your glory and the world's good. And I pray that you would increase our affection for this church, for the brothers and sisters that are in this room, for those who aren't in this room, but we know they want to be or they should be. Increase our affection for it, Lord. Help us to think, speak and act in a way that builds up. In Jesus' name.